Hi, my name is PK from Almost Inevitable Design, and this is the $2.4 million podcast where we talk about web design, web development, and WordPress. Just a heads up, I might be using a bit of profanity at times, which is why I checked on the explicit tag. If you are enjoying this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you left me a good rating on iTunes and Spotify, and if you have any questions, feel free to come down to almostinevitable.com and leave me a comment. Also, if you have any friends who need to hear this shit, go ahead, recommend it, and share it. Okay, um, I had actually recorded about 20 minutes of the podcast and realized that I did not click on the record button. <laughs> I could, well, it's better knowing then than after a whole hour, you know? <laughs> Fuck! Ah, oh, shit, man. Alright, so, <laughs> here we go again. I'm going to talk about this whole, whole thing again. Um... So this episode is episode 32. Uh, it's titled Let the Sparks Fly. And it is a song from Thousand Foot Crutch. Crutch spelled with a K. Uh, off of their album The End Is Where We Begin. From 2012. Yeah. Alright. Uh, they are... Uh, I, I don't like listen to their albums extensively but this is one of the few songs from them that i really enjoy listening to it's um yeah uh it's probably a little bit new metal-ish but yeah it's 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 just really good hard rock um they are a canadian band a canadian trio a canadian christian band trio yeah so you don't see many of those uh types of bands you know um i don't have anything against being christian i am myself an atheist um, my I did go to Sunday school when I was a kid for some reason because my parents sent me. They're not religious either, but they just sent me for some reason. That's what I mean by for some reason. I don't know. Probably for social reasons. Because <laughs> we're talking about we're going to talk about social media buttons. All right, so we're going to talk about that in a second. I'll, I'll, I just want to get this out of the way. I'm fine with whatever uh, religion. Someone has, as long as they're nice to other people and they don't persecute others. Whatever religion it is, it all seems the same to me as an atheist. So it's either you have a religion or you don't. So I don't care. But as long as you're nice. If you per start persecuting others or if you start, you know, condemning others, then yeah, fuck off. All right. So now that we got that out of the way, a uh, thousand foot crutch, let the sparks fly uh, from the album. The end is where we begin 2012. So why is it called, why is this episode titled Let the Sparks Fly? It's because a friend of mine, um, I'm going to call him a friend. He's a listener who started emailing me a while ago and we, we talked quite a bit. And um, he had a question about, um, so yeah, I, I take listeners' questions. Some of them, I take them really seriously. Uh, so in this case... He asked me about social media sharing buttons, social sharing buttons, and I replied telling him that it's not very useful. And I gave him a few URLs, a few links that explains, in their words, why it's not why it's not very useful. And I agree, I don't think it's very useful. But I decided to get into that a little bit deeper, and do a little bit more research, and look up some more articles, and see. Um, you know, how, how it works, sort of. And that is why this is called Let the Sparks Fly, because a lot of people think if they add social media sharing buttons, 
people will start sharing it like crazy and they'll start getting traffic. And that is how they think it'll make the sparks fly. Yeah, see, it all makes sense. I, I put in a lot of care and effort into titling my episodes. <laughs> all right, so let's get into this, all right? Now, um, if you search on Google, and this is really uh, something that's pretty good for them. Um, if you search on Google, uh, do social media sharing buttons work, all that kind of stuff, something similar to that, what you get, one of the top hit, one of the top articles about this is um, an article from Seattle Web Design. All right, and I'll get into that. I have all the links on the blog post, well, on for the podcast. Um, by the way, because we're talking about my website now, um, before we get into the whole, whole blitzkrieg about this social media sharing, uh, just a little bit about what's going on in my um, part of the world. I don't talk too much about current world events or current life, not life events, current world events, because, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure you're sick and tired of hearing about it on social media and stuff. Ha, ah, social media and stuff. But um, I, I have started working from home. And um, so that means that my, me and my family are just at home all day. Like we go out to buy groceries like once or twi twice a week or something. I, we need to, I need to go get beer three times a week or something. <laughs> something like that. You know, and... Um, what we so I started working at home and I've decided that um, I'm gonna start learning more things and investing more into my own personal projects and stuff and my website almostinevitable.com is um, currently being redesigned on local until I can finish finish the temp uh, the theme and then put it up uh, to you know do that it's not it's not anything necessarily um, different but it's just, it uses the same brand. It's just slightly more uh, streamlined, I guess, than what I have right now. Because right now I've been focusing a lot on podcasts and I've been thinking of doing other stuff on the website as well. Uh, anyways, and of course I finished my wife's website. So now I can work on projects that actually pay money. <laughs> All right, so... Um, Let's get into this uh, whole social media thing. All right, so from Seattle Web Design, it's a website. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a uh, what is it? A web design agency in fucking Seattle. How did I know? Yeah, from Seattle. So SeattleWebDesign.com. Uh, this was published last June in 2019, and the title is "Do People Really Use Social Sharing Buttons?" And usually, if there's a question in the title, it, the answer is no. It's 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 like this thing in journalism or whatever. If an article's title is a question, then usually the answer is no. So, do people really use social sharing buttons? No, they don't. So we're gonna get into that. Okay. Now, an important thing about this is I actually I actually want to see um, what research results or at least some the person, the, the company or person or agency who is doing the research actually share their results. Now, of course, 
we don't we're, we usually wouldn't get access to like the raw data but at least you know in some way show what the research has been and uh, I, I try to chase up on a lot of that okay so we started we start here we start our whole journey here at um, Seattle web design it's called FL EFELLE FL creative but the website is seattlewebdesign.com I don't know what's going on but um, they talk about all this and the thing is there's a section about statistics concerning social sharing buttons all right now what social sharing buttons if you didn't know are like those buttons on the bottom of a blog post or to the side of the window uh, of, of the blog post or whatever it is that has this share button okay now this is different from uh, follow us on Twitter or follow us on Instagram or Facebook type of links because those are just the pages and your channels and your uh, handles I guess and you want people to find you on social media okay this is a little different because this you click on that button and you can share it on your feed your wall, Facebook wall uh, do we still use that word wall yeah it was called a Facebook wall a long time ago uh, yeah so wall or on your Twitter feed or whatever right now anybody who's listening to this have you ever used those buttons I have not I think I've used that 13 years ago or whatever like when I first started getting into Facebook I don't know when I got into Facebook. 20, 2007? I don't know when they started when they opened the gates for non-college kids. Non-college non-college emails. I started doing that and I think it's 2007ish. So yeah, around then I saw social media sharing but social sharing buttons and I've clicked on one or two of those Facebook sharing buttons, but that's about it for my whole life. I probably count off by hand uh, how many times I've done it I've not used those buttons and I wouldn't be surprised if you have not either because this article um, just summarizes an, a study from a website called a company from MoveWeb and they are I've, I've tracked them down and it seems that they are a mobile research company type thing something like that yeah and they said they studied 61 million mobile sessions and discovered that 99.8% of mobile users never engage with those with social share buttons. In fact, mobile users are 11.5 times more likely to click on ads than they are to click on social share buttons. Huh. Yeah. And um, desktop users click on so social sharing buttons more often, according to MoveWeb, about 35% more often, which is still not even a percent because 90, so 0.2% click on those buttons and 35% more of 0.2 is 0 0.23. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, not, it's not significant at all. Nobody, nobody clicks on that shit. 
So that's the thing. Um, nobody clicks on it, you know? So I, so I have links for an ad week. Um, yeah, I have, a, I have a link for um, the ad week article concerning this, and I also have the link for the MoveWeb, uh, what is it, Cer uh, research or research article or whatever they published. All right, so um, we can go to Adweek. Uh, Adweek talks about pretty much the same thing. Only 0.6% of desktop users clicked share buttons uh, compared to 0.2%. So I guess the 35% was different. It's, it's calculated on the whole scheme. I don't know, 100%. Compared to 100%, I don't know. So, still less than a percent. You, you add those two, desktop and mobile, of how many people clicked on those social sharing buttons, and you get less than one percent. So, is it worth it? Yeah. All right. Um, let's let's skip ad. Let's finish. Let's go away. Let's move away from ad week, and let's go to the actual um, article that that published this research. So, MoveWeb.com. Does anyone use social sharing buttons on mobile? So they're very specific on their question. Uh, of course, the answer is no. Uh, and they, they, they show graphs and stuff about who does what and how it's done, whatever. On mobile, um, Pinterest has more than Twitter, but Facebook is still king, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the, the thing about this is if you actually think about how it's used like most people when you're using Facebook you would use the app right when you're using Pinterest on mobile you would use the Pinterest app or Twitter on mobile you would use the Twitter app right so what happens is a lot of times and I've, I've, I've been guilty of doing this as well and I've seen a lot of people try this as well. And there's, I'll, I'll, I will also get into this. But a lot of times, uh, people copy paste a link, copy paste a URL to your feed or whatever. That is a lot easier because not only that, you can you sort of control what's going on, and it's a lot easier to 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 see what's going on, what you're doing, rather than just clicking on something and having a pop-up on mobile, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a problem. Uh, clicking, a, clicking, some, clicking a button, having a pop-up come up, and then uh, you might be able to um, include some, a blurb about what you think about this article, but then what happens is you don't see it happening on your uh, feed or whatever, on your wall, because, you know, it's, it just goes away and that's it. You're like, what, what did I do? As opposed to um, actually, what is it? Using the app, copy pasting into the app and then you know what's going on and you can actually see it finalized, right? Now that is more of what we will get into later is as dark social, okay? We can get into that in a minute but that's what it's called. So I'll, I'll be talking about that in a minute, all right? Um, not necessarily just all of that is dark social, but I'll get into that, okay? So that, and also another huge problem, I think, is that if you're using mobile Safari, mobile Chrome, or mobile Firefox, you're gonna have to log in, 
and I, for one, do not almost do not remember my password many times, <laughs> a lot of times, when when it's something that I use on an, in an app and have it automatically logged in all the time. You know, I don't remember my password, so. Well, yeah, I should, but a lot of people don't, you know, and it becomes a problem. Like, how many people would? Like, a lot of people I've seen can't even log into their email sometimes. How does that work, you know? So, um, when you're on the phone, you're going to be, you know, using, you're going to be, if you're, you're going to be using an app, if you're on a social media, uh, social media platform, and if you're on a website, you're just going to be browsing via the website. Uh, as And if you're on desktop, it's a lot easier to just copy-paste from a URL in the, the, the address bar anyways, right? Uh, and there's pretty much nothing that helps, all right? Now, ironically, on moveweb.com, they have the share, share this button on top in the header. For LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, um, just funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they do say here. They do say that um, Facebook is shared way more than Pinterest and Twitter. Um, but if you compare only the shared statistics, it looks like yeah, Facebook is done this much and like whatever, whatever. But whatever numbers you're talking about, it is absolutely minuscule compared to how many people just don't give a shit. So you really need to think about that when you're adding sharing buttons and stuff, you know? And let's get into another thing that is, ah, more rain. I, you know, like whenever I record, you might hear that I say it's raining outside, but yeah, it really rains a lot at night over here, which is good, I think. So here's a here's an article from the Next Web TNW and it it's from 2015 so it's a little bit old but it does talk about um, you how about the the problems of having a social media social sharing buttons and two major problems is I think well they they talk about two, three, four things, but I think the two major ones, and the other ones we can sort of talk about, but uh, there are two major problems that I think. Uh, one is that you cannot control the narrative, right? So if someone sees an article and they share it, um, you don't know where that's going, and you don't know what people are going to be saying about it. And it's um, as opposed to just copy pasting a URL. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing. You can't control that either. But there's no reason that you know people um, either need that, uh, have an easier way of doing that, or I don't know. Um, it's it it hmm. Um, it does. It sort of does make sense. And also another thing about this is that you don't they don't go to Facebook in the end. 
you know, which is another thing because once you're on Facebook, it's hard to get out. And a lot of people even think Facebook is the only internet there is. Oh, that's a lot of rain. It's pouring now. Um, and Twitter, I guess, as well. I, I'm not a huge Twitter user. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I can't even read replies <laughs> in proper chronological order. So uh, I'm not a big Twitter user. But um, yeah, some social sharing buttons actually send you to that website, which also causes more problems. So I don't. it's not a very good idea of doing that. It, it doesn't retain uh, the users, right? Okay. Um, and another thing, this is this is a technical issue. Um, share, so if you want a properly proper button that shares something, it's it cannot be done with um, HTML, nor can it be done with CSS. It has to be done with JavaScript, and that will cause page loading problems because. Um, well, extra load that you don't actually need or won't get much uh, reward for, right? Um, also, they 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 do need to tie into a lot of the social media APIs and stuff. Um, and what happens is, see, it has to take the URL, put it inside a post, and then talk to whatever Facebook uh, module you have on the computer or and stuff like that. So, uh, even for a Facebook like button. Sometimes it takes up to 84 kilobytes of data of JavaScript, which is stupid. It causes a few seconds of load time as well. So it's not a good idea, I think. And I think that was, yeah. So um, slowing down your website and having no control over the narrative and people actually finding their way onto Facebook and leaving your website, those are the two, web, two main problems that I think uh, TNW nailed on in this article um, and also uh, he, they, they talk about other things like you can't test it properly and you also have security concerns um, JavaScript can make it easy for hackers to get access to and also sometimes uh, you might actually be breaching on your um, privacy policy if you start doing that so it does cause a lot of problems and I think it's not worth it. Yeah, um, let's go into, no, 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 I'm not gonna go into that article. All right. Um, oh yeah, so I have, an, I have an article, I have a link to why social sharing buttons go against your privacy policy. Um, so this article actually says, uh, when people are using, are sharing things, and all right, so uh, back in so this article from Business Two Community, Business Two as in two, not spelled with a T O, but spelled with the number two. So you can tell this website is from a long time ago. Uh, but this article is from 2019, it's May. So this is very recent. Back in 2017, they saw a significant difference in sharing behaviors when studying how people accessed and shared content. Only 15% of social shares, which is also very little of social shares, but 15% of that were made through share buttons, while the remaining 85% happened through copy-paste. Yeah, see, that's exactly what I said. 
And this is what we know as dark social, a term that continues to gain buzz as more people acknowledge that there's more to their direct traffic than it appears. All right, this sharing behavior, copy-pasting a link onto a private conversation has been increasing over the years, especially in the publishing industry. So I do this a lot. When I see something funny on Reddit, I share the, UR, share the link with my friends, etc., etc. Right, And that's all called dark social. It's not that we don't share. It's that we don't use those fucking buttons because they're fucking stupid. You know? So that's, that's, the, that's the thing. And uh, another one, let's, let's go to the... As for our own findings in 2018, research showed that 71% of shares were made through copy-paste, leaving the remaining, remaining 29 to share buttons. There we go. All right, so... Uh, they say, this article says, what does this mean for share buttons? Are they becoming useless? No, of course not, is what they're saying. Although most visitors favor dark social shares, share buttons are far from obsolete. There's still a portion, however small, of every audience that use them. Now, I do not agree with this because I think it's fairly useless. <laughs> and it, like we said, like we've already mentioned in the uh, TNW uh, article it causes and also there's another article about web designers and web developers who wanted to weigh in on this and there's a bunch of comments that people made about it like interview ish replies responses to this and a lot of them talk about how it does cause uh, page load problems and stuff but because it uses JavaScript most of the time always that's how it works but this business to community uh, article says that privacy policy could be a problem depending on which plugin you use. Now, yeah, so that that's one thing that it talks about, but not just that because, you know, the, the companies that provide those social social sharing buttons can take people's uh, sharing data and sell it. So, yeah, yeah, it's a problem, right? So, yeah, anyways. Uh, so basically, this article is talking about how um, people copy paste more than just use the sharing buttons. I mean, like even if they're saying saying like, "Oh yeah, we still need those sharing buttons." Like I, for one, disagree, and second, um, I, it's it just shows that um, copy pasting, like I said, like how I actually do. I'm part of those that eighty percent. You know, we, we share uh, URLs, not sharing buttons, you know? So, and another thing that I've noticed that I think you would too is that phones, I don't know, I've used an iPhone ever since I had access to purchasing an iPhone. I didn't have, when the iPhone first came out in 20, 2007, um, I was living in Seoul, Korea, and as soon as that came out, like a few weeks later, Samsung said, oh, we're going to copy that shit. You know, like there was this huge lawsuit about Samsung copying Apple and it sort of ended sort of luke like like halfway, half-assed. But I, for one, can say with utmost certainty that Samsung made it their point, their life goal to copy everything that Apple did. I know for a fact because one of my friends who was working on the Samsung software team for 
Android on the Galaxies told me that. They actually had iPhones in their labs and they broke it apart. They looked through it. They, that was exactly what they did. Of course it looked like it was copied. Of course, because that's what they did. But in court, they said, no, this is the only way you can open a phone. No, it's not. It's because you fucking copied. I know that for a fact. They had articles about that. You know? So, because, yeah. anyways. So, <laughs> there's a lot of things that, yeah. Um, so, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but my dad has a, is an organic, organic chemistry PhD. My little brother is also organic chemistry PhD. Same alumni, um, alumnus. I don't know which is which, alumni or alumnus. Um, and they, they actually had the same professor give them the PhD, so um, same school and all that. Um, and I have a physics degree, bachelor, and my friends, because we're a physics, my friends, um, if they start working in corporate, they end up working at like um, LG Display because it has LEDs and that's all fucking physics. Um, silicone, silicon, like, um, what is it? Samsung memory, memory chips and stuff. Uh, also, some of my friends do software. Uh, they got like, they work at Samsung. So I've, my friends work at like Hyundai, you know, the, the car manufacturer, that's actually a whole big conglomerate company that had that manufactures cars um, and all kinds of other shit. And one of them is like Hynix, which is, which used to make, um, I don't know if they're still around, but they make uh, memory chips. So my friends work at like Hyundai. It's not, it's, if, if you want to, if you want to learn how to pronounce that car, it's not Hyundai, it's um, Hyundai. That's how you pronounce it. Like people here especially pronounce it so weird. And you know, Nissan, Nissan is supposed to be pronounced Nissan because that's how it's fucking pronounced in Japanese. But people here say Nissan and they're like, what the hell? And then later on I found out, I looked at their car and I said, oh, that's a Nissan. Is that how you say it? Like. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, Hyundai, uh, Samsung is actually Samsung, but I just say Samsung because it's, it's, it's yeah, that's how they fucking spelled it. It's dumbasses. <laughs> Anyways, um, Samsung, LG, like, there's a lot of friends who work there. So, um, so yeah, my friend who works at Samsung headquarters uh, actually went off record, but he actually, he really did confirm that fucking Galaxy copied everything from Apple when they first started off. But that's why Samsung pressured the government into, the Korean government, into blocking Apple iPhone uh, imports, which is why I didn't have access to iPhones. And then um, when Galaxy came out, it was a few years later, like a year or two later, because it took them that long to, to, to recreate the iPhone with Android. Uh, what they did was um, then at, once the Galaxy was released, there was another one that was right before the Galaxy. They had a trial run called the Omni or whatever. And then once that once they had a Galaxy that was safe enough for the, what they thought was safe enough to release, they released that and then allowed the iPhone to come in to Korea. And I hopped onto that. Uh, so that was 3GS. I My first iPhone was a 3GS. And since then, I've always used an iPhone because... Fuck Samsung and <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck off. And I don't, I can't use Windows. Sorry if you're a Windows user, but I really, that's that's, I just can't use them. So, 
Uh, I use Macs and Apple products pretty much exclusively for all my um, computing devices. Um, but not only just phone, iPhones, but I'm pretty sure like Android phones, they all have this sharing button, you know, like you can, you actually can share directly from the browser and I can share onto uh, iMessage posts. I can share onto Facebook Messenger. It's so easy to share directly from your browser. There is absolutely no reason to have a redundant social sharing button, you know? And once you're on desktop, like I said, copy-pasting is, I think, a lot better than just clicking on a sharing button. You don't even know what's going to happen, right? So let's see. Let's see what MoveWeb does. I'm going to click on that Facebook button. What happens if I do that? Oh, a little dialogue pops up. And because, let's see. So a lot of shit pops up and then... Oh, I can publish it to my newsfeed or my story. And there's a little pop-up that lets me say something about this. Oh, all right. So that means if I do that, then this pop-up will close. And that's that. I don't know what's going on. I would rather, because the end result is exactly the same, I would rather copy that URL, post it in my feed, say something about it, and look at the result for a second. You know, it's like, oh, I did this, you know? So yeah, that's why none of that shit works. None of that shit is actually useful. And it slows down the fucking website, which is a really serious problem. So there you go. I think that is uh, not very helpful. So uh, let's look at some other articles about this, all right? So this article is from socialmediatoday.com, socialmediatoday.com, if I can find it. Uh, I think there it is. So, six myths about social sharing. Now, this is not necessarily about the sharing button, but it still sort of talks about it. Now, the problem with this is that, it, and just as, a, as an aside, this is published in uh, 2014, but still, the problem with this article is that it did not link any, any um, um, references or resources about social sharing because it talks numbers, but it's not linking any of the reports. So you can just make any number up and just you know become the result, result the research with this article. So I think that's wrong. They should have done that. You should have done that, Rebecca Watson, author at Radiomone, <laughs> you know, should have done that, fucking should have done that, but, um, so what they're talking about here, what, what this article is about here, uh, let's just assume that it's right and, uh, the, the author forgot to add it or whatever, or couldn't be bothered, who knows, but what they're talking about here is that with social sharing, shared content uh it's not the younger millennials like millennials are like um late 20s to late 30s ish 20 ish 20s mid 20s to late 30s they're the millennials not the gen z kids but millennials are actually the the driving force of the economy at the moment like the people who are working the most and like me i'm Gen X. I'm like the youngest of the Gen X's. The Gen X's are just like 
all sorts of fucked up everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not part of you guys. I don't want to be like that. I have a different culture from you guys because I'm not a dimwit, you know. And boomers. Now we have to talk about boomers. But yeah, that's what that's what we're that's what this is about. It, it says a lot of people think that the younger age groups, 28 and younger, the Gen Zs, um, engage with more social content, sh with more shared content, since they're the most plugged in. No. In reality, people ages 55 to 64 are more than twice as likely to engage with the brand's content. And also, yeah, which is not very surprising if you look at any older person's feed or wall, most of the times it's just shared content. I mean, I'm not surprised about that at all. And that was how they learned how to internet, you know, so yeah. Also, another thing is um, you might predict that Saturdays and Sundays see the most consumer engagement since most people are not at work and less busy. Wrong, because they engage with shared content 49% more on weekdays than they do on weekends. Of course, because it's... And also, you know that there's a there's a boom in when you should post. It's, it's like 11, between 11 and 11.30 when you should post things in your local area because people get off uh, on their lunch break and that's when they all stare at their phones and browse through all social media, reply to all their questions and emails. They get personal stuff and comment on all the stuff they see on their social media. And that's when they interact with it most is on, you know, and then on their lunch break and then um, or on their way home during, you know, a commute if you're not driving. Uh, and on weekdays, you would be either drinking, barbecuing, picnicking, sleeping, drinking, watching movies, you know. So, yeah, I'm not surprised about that at all. But another thing here that they say is they, they, they mentioned dark social, which is totally exactly what we were talking about. And here it says, um, understanding dark social and utilizing the proper tools, utilizing the proper tools to access insights and sharing behaviors will help brands and marketers hone in on the content, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Now, they can fuck off because um, that means that you're they're, they're actually trying to mine data from from messengers and messages and messaging apps and stuff which is why they can fuck off uh, whatsapp is facebook facebook messenger is facebook um and they mine those that data uh i message on iphones do not which is why i if if a friend has an iphone i tr i tend to use iMessage more than that so because they fuck off um yeah, so that's what dark social and that's how that works. Um, I think that's that's enough stuff about that for now. I do have some more extra reading stuff here, some articles, but I don't think you're going to care because uh, I've talked enough, <laughs> right? So, yeah. Um, oh, another thing I've noticed while doing this research, a lot of these social sharing social media uh, uh, websites or articles or publish that, that publish articles about social media, uh, a lot of them have very, very assholey intrusive pop-ups. What Once your mouse leaves the screen, leaves the browser content, leaves the window, uh, it just pops up and like, hey, hey, wait, 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 can you, can I interest you in doing this? Or, hey, you want to try this out? Or, hey, sign up for our newsletter. 
And whatever it is, whatever pop-up comes up, unless it's like giving me an 80% off of something that I really wanted, uh, all pop-ups, I would just tell it to fuck off. But I've noticed that a lot of these social media marketing type, uh, what is it, websites that like, that produce, publish, like researched articles and stuff, um, they are very intrusive with their pop-ups. It might work on the, the, the client's customers, but I'm not sure if people who are actually doing the marketing would enjoy this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. So they can fuck off. But yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I noticed. All right, so um, I think that's oh, that's about 40 minutes of this. Um, I always try to keep it short, but then I went off on a whole tangent about iPhones and Samsung copying iPhones and LEDs and what physics does. You know, like people, like, what are you going to do when you study physics? Like, what are you, you going to do with all that junk, all that hump, or I don't know, <laughs> say your trunk. I don't know, what are you going to do with all that physics education? Well, people make semiconductors and LEDs with that if you're into hardware. And physics also helps with a lot of software development because 3D rendering and like um, uh, simulations all run f with physics, you know, so it does do that. But I'm not that because I was not very good at that. I struggled because it was fucking hard. It was hard, way harder than I thought, you know. <laughs> so, all right. so. So, I, so that's what I mean. I have like really smart friends. Yeah, but that's why we're not friends. <laughs> no. Uh, all right, let's get into... <laughs> let's get into... Let's, all right, let's fucking get into uh, articles and shit. All right. Okay, articles and shit. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Um, this one is from this guy. I'm saying guy because the website is Josh W. Camu? Camu? Camu. Bureau. Camu. I don't know. C-O-M-E-A-U. Um, you know what? This guy's name ends in AU. He should get that domain. .com.au. Nah, there's an E there. Oh, that sucks. All right. He can just get a com.au. C-O-M-E. Josh W. Com.au. Oh, man. Um, C-O-M-E.au. Yeah, he could do that because Australia is releasing the .au. Yeah. Like Plateau. Bureau. That's not that. Yeah. All right. So I, I keep seeing that. Um, that .au is going to be released, but I haven't gotten the notification yet because I signed up for that notification, but I haven't gotten a, an email yet. So, um, not that I necessarily need a .au, but I just wanted to buy like Bureau or Plateau. Plateau is a Nirvana song. All right, so stay home. So our gra uh, exponential graphs will plateau. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> Um, let's see. So Josh W, I really got to pronounce his name. I got to learn how to pronounce his name. Com Josh. So Josh, uh, has, uh, 
wrote an article about modern image formats. Ooh, so this talks about some modern image formats like um, JPEG 2000, JPEG XR, and uh, WebP. Now, uh, if you go check on Google Page Insights, one thing that it mentions is that it suggests that you use either JPEG 2000 or WebP as opposed to regular JPEGs that we we um, export or produce on our desktop. So what it does is JPEG 2000, it's, it's actually, there's actually a setting on Photoshop or whatever you're using uh, to probably export in JPEG 2000. Um, here it says that it has been developed in 1997 and it allows images to be compressed further with less artifacts. So, okay, sure, why not? But it's so old, I mean, I don't think it really matters that much and I, for one, would not even give a shit about swapping all the JPEGs for JPEG 2000s. Um, JPEG XR, developed by Microsoft, similar to JPEG 2000, so let's skip that. Um, WebP is actually very interesting. It's very interesting. So the, the simple blurb about that introduction is that it's a format developed for the web, as you can tell from the name WebP. Uh, it's a format developed for the web by Google in 2010, focused on using advanced optimization techniques to reduce file size, which is what it's supposed to do, so that's not interesting, but the interesting part is it supports transparency and even fucking animation. So, that is interesting, isn't it? I think that's interesting because um, it does. There's a, there's a whole table about how much uh, things have been compressed, and yeah, it does compress things, you know? So, uh, you get like 60 to 70, 60 to 80, 70, 70 to 80% smaller. So that's a lot. That is a lot. I mean, smaller, not a reduction to 80%. It's 80% smaller. So a PNG that was exported from Photoshop uh, that was 700 kilobytes becomes 60 kilobytes on WebP, which is insane. That is an insane number. And so this guy uses this with um, image min. It's a, it's a way of converting things. But you can do this with um, some WordPress plugins. It'll, it'll do it with plugins, so it's not a big problem. Now, there's a few problems with using WebP. It is insanely good right, in terms of just numbers. And I think, uh, yeah, so let, let's let's just get over this for a second. Uh, browser, com browser compatibility is also pretty good. The ones that do not support it at the moment uh, seems to be iOS Safari and Safari and Internet Explorer. So, now what? Well, can't use WebP then, <laughs> right? You're gonna have to create a fallback, which is the big biggest problem right now, right? And this guy, Josh, mentions that as well. Critically, we're missing Safari and Internet Explorer. 
Uh, so it's su enjoy supported most browsers. Okay. Um, so JPEG 2000 um, is supported in Safari, which but not the other ones. So what you can do is if you look at these graphs, it's just dramatic. It's funny. It's fucking funny. Like WebP supports everything except for iOS, like Mac, like Safari and stuff, and then Internet Explorer. Let's just fuck Internet Explorer for now. But um, I mean, it's still used, but let's just forget that for a minute. So WebP works on everything except for Safari. JPEG 2000 works on Safari and almost nothing else, which is insane. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what you can also do is um, JPEG XR, which all, only works on Internet Explorer because Microsoft, I mean, fuck off. Um, and you can use those three and use them as fallbacks, and you have all three. So, you can actually use everything. I mean, if you use the stack of WebP, um, JPEG 2000, and whatever, uh, JPEG XR, then you actually can use everything. I mean, you can support everything so what you can do is you can uh, source set uh, source SR SRC set source set and you can have three different types WebP JPEG 2 and um, MS photo which is JXR so it's possible so you can all do that um, one thing that I've noticed is Wix actually creates WebP files and uh, if you download it's almost impossible to download a WebP file, and you can actually, if you try to open it in your Finder, it doesn't, it's not supported on your desktop. So the other browser is supported, but it's almost not supported on desktop. Like, I'm I'm almost inclined to say people complaining about uh, photos being stolen off the website. Like, I'm. I see people posting questions like that almost every other day on those Facebook groups and the answer is you cannot block anything. If you can see it, they can take it. But it becomes a little bit more annoying for people to just drag and drop from the browser if you're using WebP. It's a little bit more annoying. They can take screenshots, so it's not a problem, but WebP makes it a little bit more annoying. So I'm, I'm actually inclined to say use WebP for that, you know, but yeah, um, there we go. So I think this is worth, this is worth thinking about. There's a, there's a few WordPress plugins that do this and I have not cared about this that much, but maybe in the future I might, I don't know, uh, probably not, <laughs> but it is something to play around with and WebP compressions are pretty awesome so my it, it is worth looking into yeah and fuck Wix all right uh, let's go into the, I'm just gonna talk about this one article because that's it uh, let's get into resources all right Okay, we are back for resources, and this resource is not like a drag and drop or download icon type of thing, uh, because there are a lot of those out there. 
This one is on WP Beginner. Ooh, WP Beginner. And it is about how to create a custom single post template in WordPress. Ah, okay. So what it does is you have um, a blog post and you want to make it into a template. So you can edit the blog posts. You can write a blog post and it'll look, you know, sort of uniform, you know? All right, so what you can do, they have a few different, um, what is it, a few different methods of doing this. One is through Gutenberg, which I think is great. You can use uh, a reusable block. It is like a Gutenberg layout library. It's called reusable block in Gutenberg. And they say that you can use that. I have not tried this because I use the last method in this thing, but we'll get to that in a minute. But you can use a reusable block. And another article, another method that they explain here in this article is using Beaver Builder. So apparently, <laughs> Beaver Builder has a way of doing this. Mm. And I'm pretty sure they had it before Divi or Elementor because Beaver Builder has been around for a while. I don't know which came first, but I don't care because uh, I don't use any of those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Beaver Builder has a method of doing that. You can do this with Divi if you use the template builder. No, theme builder. It's called a theme builder. Yeah, you can use that. Uh, another thing is you can use theme settings. It depends on the theme, so that's not that's not something that's worth looking into because it depends on the theme. Now, the one that I wanted to show or talk about here is the last one, which is manually creating your custom single post template in WordPress. So it's going to be a PHP file that you actually make, right? So you can actually make this. And what it what you can do is you can give it a template name, all right? And the template will be used in these types of posts. And you can add that little PHP snippet there, and that's what it's going to do, okay? So once you have that, what you can do is you can actually, and it has all code here. It, it might look a little complicated, but yeah, it, it, it works well, so <laughs> it works. Um, but what you can do is you can actually code a whole PHP template for yourself, and you can style it, and it will work way better than other methods because it's you're doing the raw code and you're not using any extra stuff on it. Of course, if you do need extra stuff, you're just better to, I guess, use drag and drop, I don't know, stuff like that. Uh, they, they So they have a, co a couple of different snippets for this. There's a custom single post template for specific authors, for example, you can do that as well. So I thought this was a really nice res uh, resource that you can look into and actually learn a little bit about how post templates work or can be made, you know? So I thought that was good. Okay, cool, so uh, it's still raining outside, so good for that. <laughs> and I think I will see you in another episode. Okay, so take care, wash your hands, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll see you in another episode, all right?